Hey, spooky people. It's Marissa. And Emily. Back with another episode of... Unknown Compelling Force. Halloween Spooktacular. Yay! Yay! Happy Halloween, bitches! Uh, this will probably come out right on Halloween. <laughs> Uh, we've had some technical difficulties that set us back a few days, but it works out because this is coming out on Halloween. And it gave us depression, but we won't talk about that. Everything gives me depression, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. It gave extra depression. <laughs> Just extra. Speaking of, it's 6.30 and it's fucking dark outside, so time for clinical depression to set in. Today, I went to work and it was dark and I got home from work oh. and it was still dark. Oh, I can or feel it, dark it setting in. Yep. Oh. Go to work in the dark, come home in the dark. That's that's the peak sad time. Yeah, definitely. But at least we got spooky season A. And then it's going like Halloween's on Sunday and then Then there's mid- nothing. We're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know there's like there's Thanksgiving and there's Christmas, but I'm not into that shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I like spooky season. I wanna keep it all yeah. year long. You know, in my heart it is all year long. True, me too. Uh, but our spooky season has been jam-packed, so we're doing kind of a low-key episode today. Instead of giving you two very well-researched and constructed <laughs> stories of spooky happenings, we are both just going to read a few scary stories that we found on the internet and yeah. or have heard from others. Yeah. Because uh, we got mad stuff going on. We're going to a haunted house tonight. We've got a Halloween party oh, on Saturday. Yeah. We're going to a different party tomorrow. Yeah. We got... We're so busy for only having, like, two friends tops. Hey, speak for yourself. I'm very popular. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a, we've had a, a lot going on, so we're a little lazy this episode. It's fine. Kick back, relax, drink some hot cider, put on the spooky vibes, and here we are. Yay! We got you. Um, yeah, anything else we want to talk about before we get started? Um, I mean, there's been some pretty good spooky stuff on Netflix lately, which is surprising. That's true. Honestly, I think I might have mentioned this last week too, but I'm just really glad that Netflix and a lot of other streaming services have like recognized the need or the demand for mm-hmm. like high budget horror stuff, yeah. whether it be TV shows or movies. There's been so much more lately. And it's about time. Like yeah. I feel like ever since Netflix was a thing, it's like there's only shitty horror movies. Right. On it. <laughs> like weird stuff. They all have the exact same description, so you can't even pick out if it's gonna be a good movie or not. Yeah. And they're all pretty lame, but now and a lot of them kind of low budget so they're not great Mm -hmm. and now we're getting like stuff that actually has a budget and good writers and and it's and even even some of like the netflix original yeah uh, horror shows and movies are actually good yeah like (laughs) we both love hill house like we love haunting of hill house blind manor i was not as crazy about but hill house itself was really good hill house is great um have you finished midnight mass yet no me neither i'm like episode six or seven maybe we might be around the same place i know once Nick and I realized what was going on. Mm-hmm. We got a lot less interested. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... It's still a very good show. I'm not saying anyone should yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the beginning, when there's that mystery of, like, what the fuck is going on... Yeah. It's one thing, but then when you realize, it's like, oh, it's it's that? It's really? not what you thought it was, so it's like, oh. No, you know what? Nick called it pretty early really? on. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I would never have guessed the premise of it. Yeah. You know? It's definitely not what you expect, but it's kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> It's cool because, like, most of the actors from Hill House and Blind Manor are in it. Yeah. So. And you can tell it's written by the same yeah. people because they yeah. go on those wild, long monologues. <laughs> Which you don't like. No, no, because here's the thing. Nobody just lets you talk that long to yourself. <laughs> it's like they're talking to themselves and there's not another person just staring at them while they go off on these weird, deep, like... They're trying to be artsy. ...analogies that they're talking about. So Trying artsy. to be deep and artsy. Well, shut up. 
it's like a, a show about murder, but right. I, I was still really sad. Speaking of shows about murder, I love you. Thanks. <laughs> You're so welcome. No, season three of you. I watched it in like two days. I'm really? obsessed. Oh my God. I was supposed to wait and watch it with my friend, but I could not wait. And so I watched it all in two days. I'm, oh, I love that show. I saw that it came out, but I'm just, mm, I'm just not into it. Which really surprises me considering you love murder and like serial killers and stuff. I like, know. I feel like that's so I your know. thing. I know. It surprises me too, but I really got turned off when like he met that girl who was crazy too and it's like what the fuck this is weird they have a baby what Ugh, like yeah. what the fuck in but hell? honestly like, it's so funny because he's thinking the same thing the whole time <laughs> he's like this is fucked up like he's crazy he's been a serial killer for how long and then he hooks up with her and finds out that she killed somebody and he's like oh that's really unattractive that's um, so weird I don't like you and then he spends the whole season trying to basically get away from her so yeah i just don't know not Spoiler alert. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so, oh, no, I'm turning it down. Oh, how the turns of tables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> sorry, That's kids. hilarious. Yeah, good content. Anyway, there's been a lot of spooky content lately. Yeah. That I'm very into. Been watching a lot of spooky stuff while I craft away on our Halloween costumes and stuff, so. I've watched Hocus Pocus at least ten times this month. Oof. My dad did a big, like, outdoor scary movie night because he has a big movie projector. And he's Halloween crazy, so he went super hard and had a fuck ton of decorations that he worked on forever, and he had this big, uh, you know, projector screen mm-hmm. in the backyard, which is way out in the middle of nowhere, so it's scary, mm-hmm, you know, definitely. and it, it got really foggy, so it was spooky. That's amazing. And we watched Hocus Pocus, and we watched Signs, which was scary because everyone who was there basically lives on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, they were like, yeah, that's definitely Signs scary. is aliens in the cornfield, so everyone's like, Fuck. And then we watched The Conjuring, just me, Nick, and my nephew. Ooh. I wish, I really wish I could have went. Um, so yeah, Brian Laundry's done. Oh, God. Thank God. I, that literally... Thank God, but also fuck that guy. I got the news that they were confirmed to be his remains while I was in my supervision class, so I had to stop the whole class and basically yell in anger that that was Brian Laundry's body. Yeah. Um, and I'm still angry because I don't think that's justice at all. No. And that's the thing, it's like, I kind of figured that this might be what was happening mm-hmm. because... As soon as he came back without her, like, everyone knew it was him. There was not a chance he was ever going to get away with it. So, of course, once it blew up and was publicized so much, and he was just public enemy number one of this country, of course he just wandered out into the woods and killed himself. Like, you know? And it fucking sucks, because what a fucking coward. And now justice will never be served, but also, good. Like, you deserved to have that kind of... You know the one piece of justice that we do need? Hmm. Mrs. and Mr. Laundry, you should be arrested for aiding and abetting. Oh. That will be as good of justice as, okay. as we can get, I okay. feel. Are, I they, mean, are they in on it? I have a feeling, yes. They knew where Brian was the whole time. That is true. I feel like the police looked for him for like a month, and then his parents went to look for him and found him in like ten minutes. He was ten minutes away, his body. Yeah. That's bullshit. They're like, oh, now I guess I'll help. Oh, he's right here in the first place I looked? That's crazy. And then the police <laughs> said afterwards that, yeah... His parents did, like, sort of tell them where they think he, he would be. Right. Um, but, yeah, I 100% believe that the laundry parents were in on the whole fucking thing. And I think they should be arrested. Laundry. I think that's funny. They're dirty laundry. That's they, all I know. They're dirty laundry. Dirty white man. We're officially calling them the dirty. undies. <laughs> <laughs> Laundries. We're officially calling them the dirty laundries. That's I their name. I love it. I love it. That's perfect. Uh, so, yeah, that's an update. It sucks, but... 
Typical. I'm still angry about it. A white man? No. Typical. Very. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I think we've talked long enough. Do we want to get into the spooky shit? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so the... So the first one I'm going to do, I'm just going to kind of riff off the top of my head here a little bit because it's a story that my dad told. Exciting. That is one of my favorites of all time. I will try to tell it the way he did, but he's, you know, he's very theatrical. Dramatic. Very dramatic. He's a dramatic man. For a Vietnam guy, he's pretty dramatic. And this was actually a story from Vietnam. Which I'm excited about because yeah. it's crazy shit. So my dad is a big storyteller. He's always told us lots of stories. I get my storytelling ability from him, definitely, I would say. Definitely, Because um, like I, tell, I tell my students stories all the time and they always beg me to tell them at lunchtime or after school or whenever and they rotate between the same like 10 stories they want to hear <laughs> over and over. So my dad has told a bunch of stories and all of his stories from Vietnam are actually really fun. Didn't experience or didn't talk about the you know, really traumatic parts of Vietnam. Like, mm-hmm. he he was chilling, you know? <laughs> like, he had a banana cat, a kudamunde, that was his pet and lived in his pocket and drank his beers at the bar. And He was he, basically on vacation. Kind of. <laughs> he, like, he blew up a water buffalo with a grenade launcher from a moving truck from, like, 300 yards because his friend was like, I bet you can't hit that. And he did. That's such a man thing. I know. <laughs> He's like 19, of course he shot at it. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. So, uh, but the one story that he told that's one of my favorites because it's really fucking creepy was about what he called the full moon spirit. Mm-hmm. Because they're in Vietnam, a lot of Southeast Asia are very, very superstitious. superstitious yeah. yeah, and they believe in a lot of different kinds of spirits. Mm-hmm. So, one of the spirits, he never learned the actual name because the locals that he talked to didn't have the greatest English. Mm-hmm, but yeah, he, you know, makes they, sense. They're pretty good. So this one bar that he and his uh, GI buddies would always go to was pretty close to their compound, and it was only closed, like, once a month. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, made friends with some of the bartenders, and he asked the girls working there, like, why are you guys closed, like, randomly? Yeah. Like, on a, on a Saturday night. It differs night. on yeah. days, yeah. And they said, oh, you know, basically, we're not open during the full moon. And he was like, oh, okay, why? <laughs> and they, like, put their fingers up, like, little, like, teeth like mm-hmm, fangs mm-hmm. and we're like oh like the, the spirit the spirits like you, you know look out can't go outside and mm-hmm. my dad was like okay okay buddy. <laughs> okay buddy i think you had too much to drink <laughs> right and then at some point on down the line like they, they would make jokes about this like they'd show up to the bar and be like it's closed and be like oh shit you know it's a full, full moon, moon yeah lol best we better head back to base it's fine because we're not getting drunk tonight damn gotta go dump all our beer into a big oil drum and drink kickaboo juice oh jesus it's what they call jungle juice <laughs> Which, oh, that's crazy. they were literally in the jungle, and they didn't call it jungle juice. Yeah, what the fuck? What a missed opportunity. <laughs> I know. Like, we call it jungle juice now, but yeah. then they called it kickaboo juice. Anyway, the story gets much more interesting the first time that the guy on guard duty is found in pieces. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Literally. So, at guard duty, you kind of, you're sitting in or in front of this guard shack, mm-hmm. and you're just, like, buzzing people in and out of the compound when they're showing up. You're just keeping guard. Is, is it on the ground? Yeah. Okay. Like, one time when my dad was on guard duty, there was a rabid dog running around the mm-hmm. base, so he sat on top of the guard shack oh, to make sure the rabid dog couldn't sneak up on him. It ended up sneaking up on him anyway, and he shot it. So, uh-huh. yeah, I so. said. For the most part, it was just one person would be out on guard duty at mm-hmm. the gate. And one night, they got a radio in from the guy at the gate and mm-hmm. said, like, you need to come out here, like, there's something here, whatever, and they radioed back, and the guy didn't respond. Mm-hmm. So they went out, and they found him ripped to pieces. Oh my god. Ripped to pieces. And so they were like, what the fuck? This is like not normal Viet Cong stuff. Like if this were the Viet Cong, we would have heard it. We would have mm-hmm. seen it. They wouldn't just kill one person and leave. No, they're not, yeah. not going to 
you know, send a message. No. They're not the mafia. No, they're just going to fucking try to kill as much people as they can. Right, because, you know, that's war. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they were like, wow, that's fucking weird. Must have been some kind of wild animal. Mm-hmm. But there are no predators that size in that area that could take on a person like that. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, freak thing. This is tragic, yeah. whatever. And then a few weeks later, they were just talking about it when they were at the bar. And the girls at the bar, like, totally went white. They were like, oh, my God. Was it a full moon? And they were like, actually, yeah, because the bar wasn't open that yeah. night. And they were like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it's the, oh it's, it's the spirits. I'm telling you, you have to stay inside because of the spirits, blah, blah, blah. And they were just like, oh, okay, you're, this probably isn't real. <laughs> we're but feeding into the that's, lunacy. That's creepy. Like, they were, you know, a little on edge about it. Yeah, yeah. And then after that one guy was found in pieces, uh, they started having two or more people on guard at a time, just for, you know, safety numbers kind of thing. Yeah. And so this is a few weeks later, there are two guys out on guard duty. Mm -hmm. One radios into the, you know, radio tent or whatever and says, hey, we heard some weird grumbly, growly noises going Mm -hmm. on in the jungle. So GI number two just walked out to go check it out. Never split up, man. Exactly. Mm -mm. Especially like... In the dark, in war, you heard something in the bushes and just went to go see and what it was. And just one man goes into the woods. Yeah. You, we've all seen that movie. Come yeah, on. really. So he radios to the tent, lets them know what happened, and they send back up out, and they hear the guy. There's yelling, there's grumbling, there's growling. GI number two who walked off into the bushes is dead. Oh, my God. Ripped to pieces oh again. God. So they immediately set out a party. They're like, okay, there's somebody out here. There's, yeah. you know... Vietnam was all about guerrilla warfare, so they're hiding in the bushes. Like, we gotta go get them or something. Mm -hmm. So they, like, set out, like, this big patrol into the woods, didn't find anything Mm -hmm. at all. Like, not even footprints. Oh, shit. And so they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, there's a bigger problem on our hands than we thought. We are increasing guard duty, we're increasing patrols, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. At this point, everybody's like, okay, but you realize it was a full moon again, right? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, it was a full moon. And, and, you know, all the higher-ups in command were like, shut the fuck up, go out to the guard Mm -hmm. shack and do your fucking job or you're going to be court-martialed. Yeah. So, inevitably, my dad and one of his buddies get guard duty on a full moon night. Both of them are like, we are not getting on the ground. We are staying on top of the Mm -hmm. guard shack. They both had floodlights. They had their guns up the whole time. Like, Mm -hmm. they were surveying the thing. Like, they had their floodlights flashing back and forth. Nothing was sneaking up on them. Yeah. Because, like, normally, guard duty was pretty much just, oh, that's a weird sound, what's that? Or letting people in and out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Not, like, a ton of sur- surveillance to that extent. Not yeah. a ton of activity, right? So, after a while, they're hanging out. They're starting to feel more relaxed as they're just, you know, kind of chilling. Mm-hmm. And then his buddy says, hey, is there someone out there? And they're, like, looking over across oh, the rice God. paddy. And they look, and it's a full moon, so it's pretty bright. And they're mm-hmm. over a rice paddy, so it's pretty open. Yeah. And so they can see a very big shape moving across the rice paddy. Uh-huh. And they can't tell if it's one big shape or if it's multiple people kind of walking in. Like a group, maybe? Yeah, like walking in a way that from their vantage point yeah. it looked like one big thing. Yeah. Uh, but, again, there's not really anything that big in the area besides, like, the water buffalo. Mm-hmm. And they said it was much taller, not wide. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were, like, looking at it, and you know the thing that when it's dark, the focal point of your eye, you can't see as well Mm -hmm. as, like, the periphery? It's, like, in the dark, you can see things out of the corner of your eye, but if you look right at it, you can't see it as well? Yeah. There's a whole scientific explanation I could go into as why, but I'm not going to, because it's boring. We're not scientists. I am. I know the reason. (laughs) Oh. Well, I'm not a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a scientist. But I believe you. (laughs) I'm a scientist of the eye. Anywhore. So... (laughs) My dad. The thing's happening where he's looking at it, 
can't see it when mm-hmm. he looks right at it. And so they start shining their floodlight at it, but their floodlight doesn't go far, far enough. enough. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out what's going on because when they shine the light at it, they can't see it either. Oh my so God. they're like, okay, you know, they're radioing the tower. They're like, something's moving across the rice paddy. Mm-hmm. It's big. Like something's coming near us. It might be multiple people. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Can we shoot a flare? Mm-hmm. And the command came back and said, no, but we can fire up a chopper and go drop an aerial flare. And my dad's like, cool, that will make a lot more noise and scare whoever it is away. It will take a lot longer. And also aerial flares are way more expensive than if I were just to shoot a fucking flare in the air and see for myself. Who the fuck is involved? I mean, in charge. (laughs) Idiots. Oh my God. So they fire up a chopper, they go up and they drop an aerial flare. Mm -hmm. And aerial flares hang in the air for a long time. They light everything up like it's daytime, basically. Mm -hmm. And they stay there for a while, but when they first light up, they kind of flicker. Mm -hmm. And so as it was flickering, when the light was on, it disappeared. Mm -hmm. But when the light was off, you know, it's flickering in and out, they were looking right at it. Like, they're both staring Mm -hmm. at it. They both see the same thing. They both see that it's moving. Yeah. But when the light is on, it's not there. Oh, my God. It's kind of like that movie. Have you ever seen Lights Out? Yes, I love that movie. Yes, it's kind of like that. Uh, And we were actually telling my dad about that movie, and that's what prompted him to retell this story for the 1,000th time. Uh, And he's like, oh, that happened to me in Nam. And I'm like, oh, damn it, Jim. (laughs) Yes, it did, in fact. It did, in fact, happen. So as they're staring at it, like they, you know, have backup is coming out and ready Mm -hmm. to do whatever they got to do, and everyone's like, there's nothing here. And they're both, like, so determined that Mm -hmm. yes there was we both saw it we saw the same thing like we looked at it for long enough that we're not crazy yeah like we're looking at it for several minutes and then once the lights on it it's just gone but when the lights out it's still in the same place literally lights out literally lights out yeah so that was really fucking creepy but he thinks that them doing that somehow scared it away because it didn't come around whatever it was they survived whether or not it was gonna sneak up and try to kill him Maybe it wasn't planning that anyway. Maybe it was just trying to eat some rice. Yeah, maybe it was just picking some rice. So, uh, he survived the full moon spirit. and He, he survived went, to tell the story? He did, and he went back to the bar a couple days later and was like, hey guys, that full moon spirit? Yeah, I totally survived that. <laughs> yeah. Totally survived that shit. <laughs> Impressing so, all the women. <laughs> yes, his little Vietnamese girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is the story of Holy crap. a spirit trying to eat my dad in Vietnam. You know what I was wondering the whole time? What? So, for the soldiers that died, yeah. literally shredded to pieces, what do they tell the family? They killed in action. I'm, I'm Unless it's, sure. like, super obvious, like, oh, they were in a plane or something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But if it's something even even slightly that they don't want you to know, it's just, oh, killed in action, don't ask any more questions. That's very government. Yeah. yeah. Big government sense. vibes right there. Wow, that's, oh my god, that's crazy. That's a good one, right? <laughs> Oh my god. My dad's got a ton of stories, but that's one of my favorites. I love that. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Uh, alright, are you ready to do yours? I'm so ready. Okay. I'm ready to hear a very scary story. Alright, let's do it. This is my first story. I found it on the interwebs. On Reddit, actually, because there's a lot of good spooky storytelling subreddits on there. And this one comes from the No Sleep Reddit, and the username is Blonde white girl, zero six, with a U. Okay. <laughs> Blonde white girl. Blonde white girl, oh six, and it's called. I think I had a stalker. I'm eighteen and I live by myself. My apartment is in a quiet corner of the city, the so-called safest area in Manhattan. When I moved into this apartment, I was almost seventeen. It has been just a year that I've lived here. 
Just a few months ago, I noticed I was getting tens of phone calls from a blocked number in the middle of the night. In the beginning, I had assumed it was some stupid prankster, maybe my friends, but every time I would block the number the next morning, a new one would do the same thing the next night. I eventually caught one of them and answered, only to hear faint breathing on the other end. This did not really faze me as much as I now think it should have, but it kept coming. These calls went from 10 a night to 30 to 40. I kept telling myself whoever it was would eventually stop and just kept living my life around it. Turning my phone off at night, not answering the calls I was awake to see, and just avoiding it all. About a week after the calls started, I noticed the same person at my work every single day. I'm a small town model, not very well known, not famous enough to have a stalker. Newsflash, you don't need to be famous to have a stalker. Um, <laughs> I guess I should say I didn't know I was stalker material. He wore a black hoodie, blue jeans, and old high tops. He would always stand outside of the office area across the street or hang out in the halls of the building. Every time I noticed him, he would either play it off cool like he was tying his shoes or texting. But I knew. <laughs> he wore the same shit every single day for weeks. It got to the point where people were asking me if I knew him because this guy was everywhere I was. The grocery store, there he was in the aisle. Car wash, there he was across the street. My dog's fucking vet, he was outside. He was every single place I went. Unlike public areas anyone could coincidentally be, places like my dog's vet an hour from my house or walking through the underground car park of my gym. I do admit, I don't think I took it seriously enough at first, but this one day was where I had enough of it. I woke up, got dressed, and went to work. I headed up the elevator to get to my floor and the receptionist stopped me. Someone dropped off a gift for you. He said you went on a date last night and he forgot to give it to you. I put it on your chair upstairs, she said, smiling. I thanked her extremely. So this, this, I'm still out of, this is like an 18-year-old girl living in the nice part of Manhattan by herself and she has someone at the desk at her building? Yeah, her, um, model job, I guess. Oh, her small town model job. Yeah. <laughs> This whole story is fun. This is just, I'm, it's just very obvious this was written by someone who's never lived in New York City. Oh, 100%. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Unless she's got a rich fucking daddy, there's no way she's living in her apartment in her house. She's not calling the police after any of this stuff. I know, honestly. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Okay, and where's this safe part of Manhattan? I'd yeah. like to know. <laughs> Name one safe part of New York City. <laughs> I thanked her, extremely confused and somewhat scared, knowing deep down it was from him. I got upstairs and was the only one early for the shoot, alone in the big room. There on the chair with my name on the back was a perfectly wrapped present with no. a little note reading, For you, my sweet Alaya, I love you. My birthday was nowhere near, and no holidays were close enough for this. I did not have a boyfriend, and I was not on a date the night before. The only logical answer was it being from High Tops. I didn't open it, though. I waited until I got home that night. I got home, put it on the kitchen table, and untied the ribbon. The smell that came from the box makes me nauseous to think about to this day. There was a fucking dead rat in it. Oh, my God. With those candy be mine things where its eyes would have been. <gasps> Next to it, there was an envelope. I stupidly opened it to find photos and photos of me. Taken from my window at night of me cleaning, wrapped in a towel, photos of me leaving work and getting in my car, photos of me doing everything you can think of. The back of each photo had a timestamp of when it was taken and where and why. 
The why was the reason as to why this person needed a photo of me doing this activity, and let me tell you, the back of these photos was straight sexual harassment, as if the photos weren't. Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this, my thing is that she let this man follow her around for how long, and she never, like, said anything to him, or to anybody, like, the police, or friends, or anyone, and she just, like, is like, yeah, this guy stalks me everywhere, it's cool, though. Yeah, low-key, she seems like one of those girls who would, like, get off on it like you know like she'd get yeah her, her like she uh, loves the attention or something yeah because <laughs> she's not like doing anything yeah exactly things. she's like i'm gonna solve this mystery myself she's like okay hi tops now we go to the grocery store <laughs> like she doesn't care <laughs> anyway sorry now here's where i understand i fucked myself over i threw it all in the garbage for some reason i didn't want to draw attention to it the media had just got over a scandal of my friend and I didn't need any more on my plate. I knew I should have called the cops or something, but I didn't. When I got to work the next day, I told my receptionist to deny any gifts or letters and call me the second someone asked for me. I wanted to figure this out on my own, not with the authorities. This was all about a month into the situation. Now, if you think the photos and rat were the worst of it, trust me, so did I. <laughs> I started noticing things in my apartment being moved and the door being locked unlocked or my keys going missing i'm telling you right now i locked my front door at night especially since all of this i'll never forget as for the keys i care more about my keys than my dog at times weird claim that you care more <laughs> about your keys than your dog you shouldn't have a dog yeah honestly oh, what the fuck and why did okay if she has a dog why does it never bark when the stalker is in the apartment because maybe he secretly gives the dog streets, so now the dog <laughs> likes him and doesn't bark at him. That's, um, you know Hush Puppies? Mm -hmm. That's how they were made. Really? Some lady who used to sneak in or out of some grand estate would make tiny pancakes to feed the dogs so <gasps> that they wouldn't bark. Oh my god. And now they're called Hush Puppies. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Fun fact that no one asked for. <laughs> I love it. They would never leave my sight. Something was very wrong when I woke up one day to a candle being lit at my kitchen table, the door being unlocked, and the thermostat 10 degrees different than I set it the night before. <laughs> Who touched me thermostat? Who touched me thermostat? <laughs> Just a little Mr. Krabs for y'all. <laughs> Nobody believed me, but someone was in my house. Someone had come in the night, and they were here, right now. And I had this sick feeling that they could see me where I was standing in my sweatpants and t-shirt. <gasps> It was 6 a.m., nobody was awake, and I was standing in the kitchen doorframe staring at the lit candle. It wasn't my candle. I did not light it. What? Stop. As soon as I was about to bolt out the door, I felt an overwhelming need to go lock the patio door. I locked it, took a few steps back, and every scared feeling went away. That was three days ago. I sit here writing this after a snowstorm hit us, and I deadbolted that door. Nothing bad has happened since. Nobody has been around. I haven't seen the man, and my phone has been normal. I know he's frozen or dead on my patio. <laughs> it's back-facing, so nobody would notice. I live on the 20th floor. He could not have escaped. I'm but not it's checking. Manhattan. <laughs> like, it's Manhattan. Yeah? Back-facing is still facing someone. Yeah. Like, this is... Or maybe, like, maybe, like, the railing isn't, like, a railing railing. It's, like, concrete, maybe. Could be. That's, you know... Unless he froze in an upright position. <laughs> the, the funniest part of, like, you know, funniest part of this whole story is her, like, yeah, I definitely just, like, 
locked my stalker out on my porch. I just left him there. Ain't no big. I'll think about him in the this spring. This is the most nonchalant stalking victim there's ever been. Definitely. Who cares more about her keys than her dog? <laughs> so it makes sense. Okay, I live on the 20th floor. He could not have escaped. I'm not checking. I like it this way. <laughs> I haven't been bothered. Sure, there's a dead man on my patio, but I'm fine now, so I guess I should say I had a stalker. Smiley face. Well, first of all, she's going to have to worry about it in the spring. Yeah, When it starts to smell. You're going to have to call somebody and be like, yeah, hi, there's a body on my porch. And it's been there for a few days. And I'm on the 20th floor. I don't know how he could have gotten here. Yeah, right? Like, sis, you're going to jail. (laughs) All right. uh, Dad joke time. Let's do it. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. What do you call a zombie who cooks stir fry? Uh, I don't know. Dead man walking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I like that one. Uh, what do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? Not a snowpire. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what my wa- mind went to. Snowpire. What's the answer? Frostbite. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did the scarecrow get an award? Uh, oh, he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> you suck. I love that one. It's so cute. I, I just guessed. Was I right? Yes, you were right. I'm amazing. I'm it's very so good at cute. This. this is my specialty. Okay, ready? <clears throat> Last one. Why did the mummy not want to go on vacation? Mm, he was why? afraid to unwind. Aww. <laughs> That's so cute. Okay, and now uh, I have a joke from one of my students that I'd like to share that he made oh, up the other day. Oh, you must share. Yes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting ghost. Interrupting ghost. Aww. That's so cute. (laughs) This one's for you, kiddo. Aww. All right. uh, More scary stories? Woo. I got one more. I got this one from the internets. The intertube webnets? The intertube webnets is on Reddit or no sleep. Okay. This one is aptly titled, Crusty Statues. <laughs> I grew up in a small town outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Every summer, my two brothers and I would go spend a week with my grandparents at their house in rural Connecticut. We looked forward to that weekend every summer because my family couldn't afford nice vacations and our grandparents made sure we had a great time when we visited. They lived deep in the woods and had a nice old barn, a trampoline, a pool, and a pond for us to play in. We were adventurous kids and always found ways to have fun playing in the hay, hunting for frogs in the pond, and going on nature walks with Grandma on the four-wheeler paths in the woods behind the house, secretly hoping to run into a bear or Bigfoot. Mostly Bigfoot. I feel that, yeah. (laughs) The summer I turned nine was the last time I ever went into those woods. That summer, my older brother Todd was 13 and my little brother Mikey was six. The week started off normal enough and we did all the usual stuff. Played video games, went fishing, watched TV, played outside. Typical boy stuff. About halfway through the week, we decided to go for a walk in the woods and bring along some snacks for a little picnic. Our grandma was hesitant to let us go alone since we'd only ever gone with her and she was worried we might get lost on the trails. Eventually, we convinced her we'd been on the trails enough times and we were old enough to go alone, but she insisted we bring an emergency whistle in case we got lost or needed help. Which is big grandma energy, I think. I love it. A whistle? Yeah, here's your little emergency whistle. My dad made us have emergency whistles when we went kayaking. (gasps) My mom gave me an emergency whistle... As a rape whistle, but it was really just one of those free whistles you get at, like, a bank. 
With, like, the flashlight on it? That's pretty funny. No, ours were, like, these little legit, like, whistle keychain things that were on, like, a zip. Aww. So you could, like, oh, yeah. pull them off your jacket. And they also had a compass in it. Oh. And a thermometer. Oh, smart. Yeah, yeah that's my, handy. My dad was that dad. Of course he was. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I expected nothing less from Jim. Yeah, it's big Jim energy. <laughs> uh, okay, so where was I? Okay. We packed up a little backpack with sandwiches and chips and sodas and set off into the woods. I should have known something was wrong when their dog Echo didn't want to come with us. Echo was an old farm dog and had free range of the property and slowly followed us wherever we went. I love Echo. I love that name. He's a good boy. So cute. We tried to coax him along with snacks, but we couldn't get him to budge off his place on the back porch. We even tugged at his collar to pull him along, but he yanked back and would not go any farther than the end of the patio. That's bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we gave up and went without him. Everything was normal for the first 20 minutes or so with us walking along and chatting and looking for cool bugs and rocks. We came to a place where the path split and Todd insisted we go right even though both Mikey and myself thought left was the way we usually went. But of course, since Todd was oldest, we ended up going right. (laughs) Of course. Right. After another few minutes of walking, Mikey suddenly said, Who's that? We both turned and saw a figure standing way way back off the trail in the middle of the woods standing tall above the ferns. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> eating all the bodies. <laughs> Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Um, I was immediately scared because why would there be anyone this deep in the woods on private property? Why were they just standing there? <laughs> <laughs> Menacingly! <laughs> <laughs> How many Spongebob references is that in this that's, episode? That's definitely at least two. At least? I think more? <laughs> Todd ducked behind a tree and pulled Mikey and me with him, saying that we should be quiet in case it was someone who wasn't supposed to be there. We peeked around the tree to get a better look, and he said he couldn't see very well, but the guy still wasn't moving. He decided to investigate. Oh, no. I know. Todd told Mikey to wait behind the tree, and the two of us snuck closer, ducking behind tree stumps and crawling between tall ferns and bushes until we got close enough to get a good look at this stranger. Once we were about 15 feet from this person, we realized it wasn't a person at all. It was a clearly very old, mossy, crumbling statue. What the fuck? I know. I remember it so clearly. It was a man with his arms to his sides with his palms facing forward. He was wearing something on his head, but it had been eroded away and it was hard to tell what it was. Todd and I were pretty creeped out since we couldn't think of a good reason a random old-ass statue would be in the middle of the woods like this, but we were just thankful it wasn't a serial killer or something. We called Mikey over to look at it, too, and the three of us just sort of stared at it for a while and decided, fuck it, might as well have our picnic here with this dude. (laughs) Mikey was clearly nervous, as usual, but he toughed it out and sat down on a nearby log with us to enjoy our lunch. After we ate, we packed up and headed back to Grandma and Grandpa's house, only getting lost once on the way. But all the way back, I had a really weird feeling like we weren't alone, like someone was watching us. Shia LaBeouf. Sorry. Shia LaBeouf. I kept looking over my shoulder to make sure we weren't being stalked by a hungry animal or anything like Shia LaBeouf and and chalked it up to a weird statue encounter just making me psych myself out. Damn it. (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. Now that's all I'm going to think about. God damn it. All of the spookiness is just gone from this story now. Oh, 100%. Uh, That night over dinner, we mentioned to Grandma and Grandpa what we had seen in the woods. Grandma didn't say anything and just looked to Grandpa, who explained it by saying it may have been a religious statue. Way back when, rural, 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 whoever created the word rural is a criminal. Rural. Like whoever put an S in the word lisp. <laughs> that, that's so mean. Yeah, that's not a good person. It's gotta be the same. Anyway. Um, rural. Asshole. 
families had their own small cemeteries on their property and a lot of them had been forgotten about and grown over. It wasn't uncommon to find old, decrepit gravestones in the woods and along back roads here and there, and he said the statue was probably part of a very old family cemetery and we must not have seen the stones if they had fallen over or been destroyed by age or weather. Fair enough. That is true. Oh, it says, fair enough, Grandpa. Oh! Is the next oh, shit. <laughs> Uh Fast forward to later that night when we slept there we all slept in our dad's old room there were only two beds so mikey and i usually shared there was a row of windows up near the ceiling that were right above the roof to the back porch i woke up in the middle of the night to voices and mikey moving in the bed next to me i rolled over to tell them to shut up and saw todd was standing on his bed looking out the windows i asked what was wrong and he shushed me mikey pulled the blanket over his head something was definitely wrong i asked him again more forcefully what's wrong he kept staring out the window and said somebody's out there Maybe it's Grandpa, I said, thinking maybe Echo had been chasing deer again and Grandpa went to retrieve him. It's not, was all Todd said. I didn't like how weird he was being, so I moved to stand on the bed to look too, and he immediately told me to lay back down. Mikey was still hiding under the covers. Me. I ignored Todd's protest and stood up on the bed, slowly peeking up over the sill and looking outside into the dark backyard. It took me a minute to notice what he was talking about. There were two small green lights glowing softly at the edge of the yard, right where the nice grass met the trees. The longer I looked, the more I could see him. There was a shadow standing in the tree line and two green glows right where the eyes would be. Oh, no. I know. It's an animal. Its eyes are reflecting lights from the house, I said, even though I didn't believe it. But there are no lights on in the house and the animals aren't that tall, Todd replied. Duh. He hadn't broken eye contact with the thing once. And I think there are more, he said. Oh, no. I turned to look out into the yard and squinted. From our vantage point, I could barely make out five dark silhouettes standing around the outskirts of the yard, all vaguely human-shaped and not moving. Only one seemed to have glowing eyes, and the glow was so faint I convinced myself I may be imagining it. My palms started to sweat, and the hairs on my neck stood up. Palms are sweaty, mom spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. Uh, why the fuck were five people, or things, surrounding our house in the middle of the night? Was this about to be the true crime of the century? A robbery? <laughs> A quintuple homicide? Oh, God. <laughs> Todd was still staring at them, and Mikey was still hiding. I think it's a statue. I think the statue followed us, Todd whispered. They haven't moved, and Echo isn't barking anymore. Terrified, I jumped off the bed over to Todd's and pulled his blanket around me. Mikey followed immediately. We stayed like that for a long time. I don't know how long. Me and Mikey sitting on the bed against the wall and the blankets around us, and Todd standing there glaring out the windows. After a while, Todd sat back down on the bed with us, but none of us slept. We stayed up all night huddled together listening to the deafening silence of the night. Mm. At one point, I heard a rustling, cl a rustling click-clack sound like something was climbing up onto the roof of the porch right outside our windows. Todd didn't say anything as he pulled the both of us closer to the wall, hiding under the window and out of sight from the outside. We all stayed completely still, listening to the soft creaking movements happening above our heads on the other side of the windows until we finally heard it. A tap, tap, tap on the glass directly above our heads, oh. no more than two feet away. Oh, no. We all stayed frozen in fear, praying to every god we could think of that whatever it was was outside our window would go away. There was no more tapping, but we never heard whatever it was leave either. We stayed that way until dawn, hunkered down, out of sight, until sunlight eventually filled the room and we heard Grandma and Grandpa puttering around. That morning, we all gushed to our grandparents about what we had seen and heard that night and how terrifying the whole encounter was. From what I remember, they mostly brushed it off as our eyes playing tricks on us since we weren't used to the dark and the quiet of the woods. <laughs> Hate that excuse. <laughs> but it seemed to me more like they just didn't want to talk about it. I think they knew exactly what we were talking about and didn't want to discuss it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's been 20 years and I still don't know. All three of us remember it clearly, and we still talk about that night, and we're all convinced we went into the woods and something followed us back. We don't know what it was, but we never went into those woods again. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
One thing. Yeah. Wouldn't it be quadruple homicide? Quadruples four? Yeah. Yeah. Quintuple? Because there was three boys and two grandparents. Oh, I That's can't math. do math. <laughs> That's math, baby. I ain't no mathematician. <laughs> shit don't add up. But this shit do not add up. <laughs> That's spooky. It's like gargoyles or something. All right. All right, I'm ready for spaghetti for this last spooky story. Our last spooky story is brought to you by moth underscore two underscore fire. <laughs> moth to fire? Oh, like moth to a flame. I know, like what? Mothman! He's trying to be unique. So unique. And this story is called The Wrong Bus. Ooh. Oh, this is going to be some Hey Arnold shit. Remember when he takes the ghost bus? No, I fucking hated that show. <gasps> I hated the way they were drawn. I couldn't watch it. Listen, football head. Watch your mouth. Yeah, I fucking hated all of that. It was... Ugh. I can't watch a show if it's if the animation is terrible. Like South Park. <gasps> Stop all the things you're saying with your mouth. <laughs> I hate it all. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. My city is constructed very simply. It was built during the 50s and 60s, being one of those planned cities in which streets are numbered, so basically it is constructed as if on top of a Cartesian plane, with the Cartesian, Cartesian, with the x-axis being a huge highway free from red lights and pedestrians. This highway has several parallel streets which are meant for buses and stores. When I was around 17 years old, I lived on the other side of the city compared to my high school. Using that Cartesian plane analogy, one could say that I lived on negative 8 while my school resided on positive 12, whatever that means. However, That's math, baby! <laughs> I told you, I ain't no mathematician. <laughs> However, getting there was no big deal for me, as I could catch pretty much any bus going in the general direction towards my school, and I'd get there eventually. It was a day in which I was quite late for school when I made a huge mistake. I waited for a bus, eating my breakfast, a single gloomy old lady beside me at the bus stop. It was me, I was the gloomy old lady. (laughs) Honestly, same. It seems like, as late as I was, everyone else had already taken their bus and was on their way to work or school. I waited for what seemed like forever, not a single soul or car on the streets beside the old lady. I thought maybe it was because of how worried I was, since teachers were already on my tail about being late many other times. Time seemed to pass at a snail's pace when a bus finally arrived it was a seemingly old bus it was plain sky blue but it seemed not to have gotten a paint job in years it seemed really out of place compared to what i'm used to seeing i noticed it did not have any writing on it on its side such as the government's public transportation section's name must be a really old model i thought it may be old but it has a certain charm to it it's a beautiful color after all okay okay (laughs) these are weird weird ways to judge whether or not to get on a bus i know Ooh, blue i'm getting on that bus yeah right like if a bizarre fucking bus pulled up i'd be like you know but i like the color so i'll just get it what (laughs) What? that ain't no bus i've seen before but i'm gonna get on it it's a no from me that guy's done (laughs) it's a no from me dog i stood up to raise my hand for the bus but the old lady beside me was faster The bus stopped with its door right in front of me, so I climbed up the stairs right away when the door opened. I briefly looked back to see if the old lady needed help, but she climbed the stairs with no problems. I walked up to the bus ticket seller. It was a young woman with light brown skin and dark eyes wearing flawless makeup that perfectly highlighted her beautiful face. Oh, 
What a description. <laughs> Real Rembrandt of the pen over here. Yeah, really, really. painting us a word picture. <laughs> <laughs> Pay up, she told me, a gentle service smile on her face. I reached for my cash, which was just enough for any bus ticket in my city. I handed her the cash, a two reyes bill. Okay, this isn't U.S. A two reyes bill and one fifty cent coin. Ah, oh, those were good times to take a bus. And she shook her head in disagreement. Not enough. Pardon me? I looked at her with a confused expression. Two reyes and fifty cents should have been enough for any bus. Not enough, young man. Where are you headed? I told her my school's name, and she directed me to one of the front seats of the bus, saying that if I could not pay, I'd have to leave on the next stop. The front seats are usually reserved for the elderly, pregnant people, people with limited mobility, and so on, which in my city are not required to pay the fee. Because of that, I thought it was strange when the old lady from back then walked up to the ticket lady. What followed up was something I could barely put into words. Perhaps it was too much for my mortal eyes and brain to comprehend. When asked for the fee, the old lady reached to her chest and pulled out of nowhere something really luminous. I could barely make out its form. Mm. It took a few seconds for my eyes to adjust to the blinding light just to notice that the luminous blob was twitching. What? It had the vague form of a pulsating heart. My stomach... It was like her soul. It is her heart. But like... Illuminating. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe soul. she was such an angel. It had the vague form of a pulsating heart. My stomach sank and I could feel the color fade from my face. Cardiac failure, correct? Said the ticket lady. The old lady nodded. A green light beside them flickered and the old lady passed through the bus's turnstile calmly. I watched her make her way to the back of the bus, taking a seat. When she turned, our eyes met. Or rather, they would have, they would have if the lady had any. What? <laughs> I looked towards the other passengers, seven other people, just to notice that none of them had any eyes. My hands were shaking, and I could feel my heart beat as if my heart pulsated on my throat. I looked out into the window, desperate, as the bus made its way towards some sort of tunnel. Huh. As I mentioned before, my city is pretty much made of straight lines. It's really hard to get lost there, but I had never seen such a tunnel in my life. There were no lights whatsoever, and the bus just made its way through the darkness. I could just barely make out the form of the road a few meters ahead due to the bus's front light. After a couple of minutes of utter despair, the bus suddenly stopped in front of a wooden bus stop. It had a single street light, which looked like it came out of an old movie, and two people. A middle-aged man in a suit and a girl with black hair in a military school uniform. As soon as the bus stopped, I desperately got out of the bus through the front door, stumbling upon the girl who was trying to get inside. The smell of rust invaded my senses, and I noticed she had blood running from the side of her head all the way across her neck, ah. staining the left side of her white shirt. I let out a short, surprised scream and covered my mouth. The girl let out a small chuckle, her gaze fixed on me. The man in a suit let out an annoyed grumble, which I couldn't understand, and walked past me and the girl towards the bus. I noticed that the edges of his clothes were smoldering as if embraced by the tiniest embers, and while I could Embraced by the tiniest embers. I know, embers. isn't that a beautiful line? Who is this? This, this absolute... Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's the same style. Well, I mean, he was a beautiful poet. He sure was. <laughs> Who's this man? And while I could not see his face, his hands were a deep red color. As both of the passengers stepped in, the bus took away, quickly leaving only me and the bus stop. As I watched the bus fade away in the distance, I finally noticed its luminous panel indicating the destination. 
Blue Heavens, a name I had never heard in my life. On the opposite side of the tunnel in the distance, there seemed to be a bus stop exactly like mine. In a glimpse of hope that there might be a bus that leads back towards where I came from, I decided to walk towards it, my legs and hands shaking the whole time. As I approached it, I noticed vaguely person-shaped figures in the dark as if they avoided the faint light coming from the streetlight. I froze in place. Several pairs of red eyes gazed upon me as if waiting for my next action. Unable to make the next step, I saw one of the figures stand up and start moving towards me, its red eyes shining in the darkness. I took the deepest breath I could and sprinted through the middle of the street towards the entrance. I closed my eyes and ran for several minutes. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Imagine being able to run for several minutes. I know, with your eyes closed. Oh, yeah, with your eyes open? I get that. At all. I feel that. <laughs> I could tell I had blisters on my feet, but at the time, I did not care. I ran and ran until I could see light poking through my eyelids. When I finally opened my eyes, I found myself in front of that same bus stop near my house, this time crowded with people waiting for a bus, some of which I could even recognize. I looked down onto my phone, my heart still pounding inside my chest, noticing that it seemed like only about six minutes had passed. Confused and thinking it must have been some sort of twisted nightmare, I waited for a bus I could recognize. I made my way to school, not even knowing why, as I felt sick in my stomach. Yeah, how do you go to school after something like that? Well, he I has a lot of tardies. He cannot be late again. I would oh, literally have, late. like, a traumatic dentist appointment, and my dad would be like, yeah, you don't have to go to school today. And my dad never let me stay home. Really? Yeah. But, like, if I had a traumatic dentist appointment, I would just go home. Imagine getting on a death bus by accident and get, like, chased by a bunch of weird dead people, <laughs> and your mom's like, go to school. Go to school, you freaking weirdo. I made my way to school, not even knowing why, as I felt sick in my stomach. Perhaps the terror of failing a grade was greater than whatever that experience had been. I arrived on my at my classroom and found no one there. Weird. I checked my schedule. I should be just in time for my second Tuesday class, which was literature. It's not like the school was empty. I saw several people inside the other classrooms when I was making my way through the corridor. Distracted by this odd, mundane situation, I had almost forgotten about what happened with the bus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, your classmates aren't there and that makes you forget that trauma? That's nuts. Do you have, like, a goldfish brain? Probably. He's like 10-second Tom. Mm -hmm. The horrible nightmare. So I stopped by the school supervisor's room to ask her where my classmates were. The supervisor looked at me with a shocked face as if she'd seen a ghost. As soon as I asked her what's wrong, she didn't answer and started making a phone call. I was escorted outside by her secretary, who told me to wait, and shortly after, I was told that my mother would come to pick me up. Minutes later, my mother greeted me with a tight hug and tears on her face she had messy hair and looked like she hadn't slept in days what did why did you do that she said my name do what i replied she explained that she got a call on tuesday asking why i didn't make it to school but she had seen me leave she had called the cops who had been looking for me ever since what but today is tuesday right i asked stop joking around i'm serious i grabbed my phone from my pocket and looked at the date it said friday Later, I realized that's why my classmates weren't there. They must have been at the science lab for Friday's chemistry class. I had a severe case of depression during my high school years. The reason why I was close to failing school was that I could barely get out of bed, let alone go to school to get bullied. When I disappeared, <laughs> when I disappeared for three days, it seems that people assumed I might have killed myself. Ouch. But upon coming back without going home, the cops questioned me about running away from home. I told them I didn't know what happened and that I simply tried to go to school that day. 
that I had no idea what happened during those days. I was scared they put me in a mental hospital at the time. I would have dismissed the whole thing as my mind pulling tricks on me, but at school I could hear everyone talking about the disappearance and wonder if I'd, quote, end up like the girl from the military school. When it comes to suicide, newspapers don't really notify it, so I never found out if that rumor was true about the girl I saw at the bus stop. But what I did find was a newspaper article about an office building that burned down in a fire. A middle-aged man who had been working on one of the tallest floors and couldn't make it out. I've always wondered what would have happened to me if I had stayed on that bus to Blue Heaven or if I had touched those dark figures. All I know is that I was never able to ride a bus again. Maybe just ride the right bus. Yeah, just don't ride the blue buses, my guy. (laughs) Don't get on a bus just because you like the color. It's kind of like your statue story. They never went in those woods again. You never went on the bus again. again. It's like when everybody wakes up the night after, like, or the morning after, like, a night, and, ugh, I'm never drinking again. Liar. And then they drink (laughs) that night. (laughs) You never rode a bus again. What if you had a school field trip? You're just not going to go? Yeah. (laughs) what if you want to run away from home what you're not gonna take a greyhound yeah okay (laughs) baby with peanut butter on him yeah uh anyway uh okay those were fun spooky stories happy halloween those were really good yeah they're spooky and like different they're not like right typical kind of stuff yeah sorry for the low effort episode this time guys but also not that sorry we got shit to do (laughs) i mean also, we already tried to record this, and we did record it, and then the yeah. whole thing was not usable, and uh, besides that, we've just, we have so much shit to do. Yeah, we just, we, we be doing stuff. Yeah, so, I, I kind of like having that, Yeah, you know, every once in a while, but yeah. now, now back to, like, regular our, scheduled murder and mayhem. Yeah, heavily researched spooky shit. Heavily researched. <laughs> Moderately researched. <laughs> <laughs> For your enjoyment. Moderate research in a white claw. Kapat! Time to learn. <laughs> that wasn't the sound of me opening a can. Oh, that Kapat. was terrible. I didn't... It sounded like a bird or something. That was a nice of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I, to say. I had no clue what that noise was. <laughs> this bear, if we give you a can. <laughs> all right uh well that was fun happy halloween everybody yeah happy halloween. i hope that whether you're going trick-or-treating taking someone else trick-or-treating going to parties having your own parties staying in and watching horror movies or just doing nothing uh i hope you have fun yeah i mean that all sounds great i, I hope love it's it all spooky. i hope you're vibing stay i hope spooky. your costume is cool stay spooky tell us what you guys are gonna be <laughs> for halloween yeah uh emily's gonna be a fairy and i'm gonna be a Suki from Avatar The Last Airbender, <laughs> and Nick's gonna be Sokka from Avatar The Last And Airbender. your brother's gonna be the moon. My brother's gonna be the moon. If you get that joke, you are pretty cool. If you don't get that joke, you might be cool, but it's a lot less likely. It's gonna be great, y'all. Maybe we'll, we can post a picture or two. Yeah, we'll, we'll pop something up for Halloween, because it's fucking Halloween, bitch! But also, right after Halloween, immediate depression, so I'm like, I don't yeah. want it to be Halloween, because I don't want it to be over. Yeah, as soon as Monday hits, November 1st, I'm fucked. Yeah, not a good time. Uh, but anyway, enjoy your Halloween. Enjoy your spookity season. And in the meantime, stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>